I V M. Advertising is dead. It's all business now. And a core part of a business in today's world is about how businesses, creators and platforms kind of work together and really evolve how this space moves ahead. And one platform, which obviously is one of the largest players, if not the largest player in this space, is Meta. And today I have Nicola Mendelssohn, the VP of Global Business Group at Meta on Advertising is Dead. To not just talk about the platform and how it's working with businesses and creators and consumers, but to also dig into how their focus on India is evolving, the metaverse, and weirdly enough, Goat Yoga. All this and more on this week's episode of Advertising is Dead. I'm Arun Dugrala, right back with my chat with Nicola. Welcome back to Advertising with Zed. We're talking to Nicola. Nicola, thank you for coming on the show. This is interesting. We're doing this in person for a change and it's exciting to talk to you. How jet-lagged are you right now? <laughs> well, first off, I'm absolutely delighted to be here and to uh, to be talking to you. And actually, you make me not feeling jet-lagged at all right now. <laughs> <laughs> because you've been on this like whirlwind trip across the world and, and we're meeting at a spot where there's so many creators kind of converging. But I want to kind of start off from a broader macro lens and kind of talk about how the broader strat at Meta, like globally in terms of business, has really kind of how the journey has kind of been over the last few years and how is that looking now? If you kind of take it, slight flashback and then kind of moving ahead. Okay, so I've been at the company over nine years mm. and I think back to when I started in 2013, how different Meta is to where it is today. Yeah. You know, 2013, it was really just Facebook. Yeah. Now it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's Messenger, it's WhatsApp, it, you know, it's Quest, so many things. Yeah. And I think that's true of the fact that we're we're a tech company. We're always innovating because the tech is changing and people's desires and needs of how they want to communicate are changing as well. So in the early days, it was, you know, it was words. Then we got pictures. Then yeah. we got, you know, video. Yeah. Now we're lots of different types yeah. of video, short video, we're reels, we're messages, yeah. we're AR, we're VR. So yeah. it's a really a continuum of change that we see constantly. I quite like that. I heard you're a reeler. So I'm going to get into that at some point of time and kind of ask you. But if you look at the advertising side of the business because that's actually kind of you know been a big driver of growth and just across the board how businesses have become a part of meta and etc how have you seen that part really evolve yeah it's changed a lot over over the years and the business of meta is advertising largely yeah. and today we have over 200 million businesses around the world that are using our platforms mm. most are using them for free right it's yeah. you can create a page or you know something on facebook or instagram for free any business can do that yeah. and then start to talk to its consumers. Then you can put on top of that different advertising. We have about 10 million advertisers today that are doing that. And they're doing all different types of ads from some of the very most basic to more sophisticated. But the wonderful thing about the phones that a lot of people have in their hands today is that you basically have a production studio in your hands. So you know, if you're the smallest business or the biggest business, yeah. you can really be shooting in the same way yeah. and getting out the content to connect to the customers that matter to you. It's interesting you say that because in many ways, when I think about how businesses interact with their consumers, how that changes, you're no longer looking at it differently from how you would create content as an individual, right? You're kind of building a persona, you're creating with the same tools, like you said, you're kind of putting it out there. How much kind of goes into connecting the dots where, you know, there's a little extra you kind of put in to make sure a business can actually make this convert into, okay, I'm connecting with the right consumer, I'm selling my product or service to them in a certain way. And how have you seen, almost like the other side, how have you seen businesses use it, which has surprised you and say, okay, this is interesting. This is a direction we didn't think this was actually going to be taken 
taken up from, but it's really evolving towards that. Yeah. So there's a few things there. From the early days, you know, we've always built for people first. It's about the organic use of the platforms that people enjoy and want to do. And we always have advertisers saying, well, we want to be doing that. And it's like, no, we want to get it right for people first. So that's where we start. And that's what we'll always continue to do. In the Again, when I think back over, you know, a decade ago, I, I came from the world of agencies. Yeah. The world of marketing was very different then. You know, I remember you would make maybe one or two TV adverts a year. You yeah. make a radio ad, a poster. You were exhausted, right? <laughs> and it was a very fixed way of how you did marketing. I think what we've seen over the last decade is more fluidity, more of a desire from marketers to really test and learn and try out new opportunities, new products, new formats in terms of how you can communicate with customers. And, you know, the art and the science comes into play. We have on our platforms with Meta, there's, the algorithms can do a lot. You know, we mm. the play, optimized placement is what we call it. You can tick the box there and, and it, we will show you the very best places to deliver your advertising to the customers that matter to you. So that's great. Then we've got the bits that start that are newer. And, you know, the, the new things that we see at the moment are things like reels, things like messaging and how we're using AI to really empower behind the scenes as well in order to help the advertisers to get the really best return on investment that they're doing. So those are some of the areas that we're doing. And at the heart also is obviously the old ways. You've got to have great targeting. You've got to know what you're trying to communicate, what your big message is that you want to get out there, whether you're a small business or a large business. And then you've got to put it together in a creative way that's going to grab people's attention and make them want to you know, spend some time with you. Yeah. And if you kind of zoom into the India context, and, and India has been an interesting market also because I feel that in many ways you've kind of tested a lot of the products here and kind of has gone global in that sense. How do you look at India as a specific market across all of these pieces that you're doing? Yeah, India is an unbelievably important country to us. I, I couldn't be happier to be here. And it's interesting, it's about four years since I was last here before the pandemic. You can feel this energy, this excitement, this collective ambition, this innovation that's going on in, in the country. It's really exciting. It's refreshing. I can tell you that doesn't, I don't feel like that when I'm on my travels, you know, to as many other places. And for us as a company, yeah, it's a, it's a country that we have been investing in, we have been doubling down on. And when I think about some of our new products that we've been investing, launching here first, mm. like Reels, yeah. you know, India is a country that, you know, the rest of the world is looking to learn from, looking to really understand what they can take from here. So we see very much India as a lighthouse for Meta in terms of the, you know, the products that we're developing here, which I think is very exciting. You know, we talk about Reels and I think Reels has been an interesting one just to kind of see, because, you know, I've in the past spoken to, some, let's say, a small business who literally started out of their home. I remember this great story. We got in this uh, mother and daughter who started this things, ethnic wear business, um, primarily driven off of Instagram. And they used to sell stuff by making Reels because they would, every working, they would just make a Reel. And, and I found that to be such a great case study to just kind of say, okay, using the native product, they're behaving like normal people, but it's actually selling product. And that's like one of the best stories. And I keep talking about that story because for me, that defines how modern businesses function on platforms like Instagram and across the, the meta suite. So when you look at that, and especially the small business focus that you have, what have been stories like these from India, which you kind of looked at, or, or what have been cases that have really been like, okay, these are like 
things to highlight? Oh, so many. I mean, that's part of the energy and the excitement of being here. And we're here today at, you know, Meta Creator Day, where we have 500 creators here. They're all making reels. They are making businesses. And they said to me, you know, I just met and, and had a deeper conversation with five people who said to me that the lives they're living today are unlike anything they could have imagined. And they're unlike anything their parents could have imagined as well. Let's for be, sure. They all for said sure. that. For they sure. um, Three of the five were doing engineering degrees or thought they were going to do engineering degrees. Yeah. And suddenly through the use of Instagram, through the use of Reels in particular, they started to build up followings. Uh, in very different areas from the worlds of music, from the worlds of fashion, makeup, comedy, so many different areas. And they've gone on then to collaborate with brands. They've gone on to start earning money, more money than they could ever have expected. And they were expressing their gratitude to Meta. I was expressing my gratitude to them because we want to be the place where creators come and do these sorts of things. But these are serious businesses now being created. And we're seeing more and more that this creator economy, and especially the creator economy in India, India is going to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars going forward. Yeah. And I think that's something that's very exciting. And I certainly see more and more people wanting to do that. And you're right. A lot of those people are not just in cities. Yeah. A lot of these people that are coming today uh, and some of the most popular people that are following are actually not from the major cities. Exactly. And I think that's also a very exciting opportunity in terms of creating mobility for people all over the country. Yeah. And, and I feel just to add to that, I think what's also interesting is that you suddenly, this, this democratization of you could be anywhere, but you could still be the biggest creator out there is really kind of defined with products like Reels for me because you don't necessarily have to get anything else. You just need a phone to kind of do that. Um, I want to dig deeper into the creator economy and say that I know there's been a large focus, especially on Instagram, to really go deep into the creator space. What else kind of going on right now to really kind of make that a larger push, especially in the Indian market um, from your end? Yeah, so... Well, so many things, right? (laughs) So the event that we're holding today is one of a series of five that we're doing all over the country where we're bringing creators together as part of a community. Because actually, if you're a creator, you're part of a community. We're already seeing creators collaborate with one another. We've seen people here today going, I've always wanted to meet you. Now we can go and and they're plotting what's going to happen. We've seen creators, I mean, go global from India, which I think is really exciting. So I think creators in India are like creator entrepreneurs. Mm. There's a power in these followings that they're creating. And I think we see the fact that, you know, the authenticity of how people are telling their stories on Reels, this new, exciting, dynamic format, I think is very powerful. And so as a place where we are the largest home to creators Mm. globally, we want to continue to welcome more, to tell their stories and and to show their their selves to the world in the true, authentic, exciting way that they can. I think also of the fact that so many things in India now are actually going global. We're seeing that again, that lighthouse thing of something starting here, whether it's a dance movement, where it's a comedy, whether it's individuals. We had Ranveer Singh here earlier and, you know, wow. Jumped (laughs) off the stage. Jumped off the stage. Stage, yeah. all in pink yeah. and the energy you could feel that beat he talked very humbly about the fact that his story began with with instagram and reels and yeah. it wasn't a given that he would be the global success that he is but he found yeah. a platform and a place to be able to tell his story yeah. with his energy yeah. quite frankly that's, that's, that's next level energy there. yeah next level energy yeah. for sure yeah. and the rest is history i'm going to take a bit of a slide aside you're saying i know you're a reeler because i've been told you're a reeler every creator i feel has a certain not just a niche but like stuff they enjoy doing, 
what, what do you enjoy doing when you're creating reels? Okay, so mine's probably a bit different. I'm not as curated and I'm traveling a lot. So a lot of it is about the places that I've been and the people that I've seen, the experiences that I've had. I like to make sure that I'm experimenting with our own products that I'm talking about. So I really understand and can see the evolution yeah. of how the products have changed. And the investments that we're making, particularly in reels, are just getting better and better. So yeah. how we're bringing more music to the platform, how we're bringing more ways of editing. You know, we talk yeah. about it's like a production studio. Mm. We're just yeah. making that better and better so that we give more tools to the creators to be able to do what they do. I did one of my favorite ones recently, mm. which was an experience I never could even have dreamed that I would do, which is, and wait for it, goat yoga. What? Yes. What's goat yoga? I think, I, I think I've heard of goat yoga. I got, I got one second. You got to explain that to everybody who's listening or watching this right now. So it's a normal yoga class outside and you're surrounded by goats and goats have a tendency to be quite nosy yeah. and to jump on things. Yeah. So you could be doing your downward dog position and suddenly you have a goat on top of, on top of you. Funnily enough, this has become quite a thing on Instagram when it comes to reels I, I, and I, creators. I, I, I can imagine why it's... I, mean, I, I think all when you watch a goat in a yoga session, I am pretty sure you're not going to like scroll by. You're going to, you're going to stick onto that one. Honestly, it was the funniest thing. It was the least kind of meditative yoga I've ever done. I laughed the whole way through it. Uh, I don't know how that's meditative in any form. Because no. you're still worried about what that goat's going to do is what I assume. Well, they say laughter is a good form yeah, of that's, medicine. That's so true. it was yeah. a good laugh. And now I got to figure a, a version of that to do here. And I don't, don't know what we'll find in India to do there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your goat yoga reel. Getting back onto what you're talking about. Right? And what you said is a great place to pick it up from is that when I look at the, the creative space, there are many things that kind of help it kind of move. Is that one is people want to push more discoverability. They want to be discovered. And once they do, they want to figure ways to monetize and create more. But I feel what's also been interesting is that I've seen it evolve towards the metaverse in ways with everything from, let's say, you know, putting a digital wallet or a digital art onto your profile. And I want to move towards the metaverse piece and seeing how that's going to connect to everything else and how are you as a company kind of seeing all of this kind of come together? Yeah, so we feel that the fully realized version of the metaverse is still another five to 10 years yeah. off. Yeah. But the thing that's going to power the metaverse is actually creators. So that's exciting. So what we're thinking about now is between now and that point in time, whenever it comes, is how do we do everything that we can to yeah. help creators to get to that point yeah. so that they continue to you know earn a living and hopefully even more so with, yeah. with this new creator creator economy, yeah. which we think, well, there was an independent research done that over the next 10 years, they think that the, the metaverse could be worth $3 trillion. So this is a sizable mm. play. And it starts with individuals. It starts with the individuals that are going to build the, continue to build the communities that they have today that might take people on, you know, selling digital wearables. We're starting to see that avatars being dressed in different designs. Yeah. We yeah. see today that creators, I met some today that are creating merchandise yeah. and things that their followers want to wear. So you can start to see how that could work in a digital perspective. You can think about creators that might offer services in the metaverse. If you're going to have a digital avatar where you have a stylist in real life, why might you not have exactly. you know, a, yeah. a creator yeah. stylist yeah. as well? So we're only really limited here by imaginations. You might have creators that build, yeah. creators that are going to build worlds for maybe other creators or maybe for brands and businesses. So we're just starting to scratch the surface. But one thing's for sure, it'll be the creators that will power the metaverse. And I think Indian creators will be at the heart of that as well. And it's so exciting for some of us. Um, I think anyone who's, a, I'm a huge Ready Player One um, 
fan. So anytime, anytime we talk about the metaverse, I'm like, how do we explain it to anyone? Just like watch Ready Player One or just read the book has been my easiest way to kind of explain that. Because you see the potential, what it can actually be. I feel what everyone kind of talks about is how do you kind of bring physical and digital together and really have that work together is always the, I'm guessing that's the big question and how that kind of plays out. But as during this period when this is kind of going on, what are you kind of seeing as core focuses at a broader level for the company? On one end with creators, but also on the other end, how we work with businesses as this, you know, we're in physical and also there's digital kind of coming in and all of that will at some point meet fully. Yeah. So, and sometimes the tendency with technology to think that when we get to the new thing, it will mean the end of everything else. Exactly. And it never does. Yeah. It's a blend. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we have the so fully true. realized version of the metaverse, it will have everything from the, you know, the 2D video conferencing, the phone calls and, and everything in between ARV yeah. until we get to that yeah. fully realized version. So we're doing a number of things. I mean, we've spoken a lot about reels. We've spoken yeah. a lot about creators. Yeah. Some other areas that I think are very exciting is AR. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing more and more businesses and we're seeing more and more creators starting to play with AR filters, yeah, yeah. having the brands and how those are collaborating together. So I think that's an exciting area that we're you know, continuing to develop out. We're putting a lot more investment as a company into artificial intelligence mm-hmm. as a way to power both the content that people see, but also as a way to make the advertising that people see even more relevant yeah. to them. Because ultimately, we want to be the best place that advertisers are advertising yeah. by giving them the strongest ROI. We think that that will come through that investment in AI. And then the other big area that we've seen really an explosion of is on messaging. And that's when I think back again about what's going on in India. No question, India is a WhatsApp first country, yeah. right? Everybody's communicating on it. Businesses are communicating. We don't do SMS. No, it's, it, you're all in on WhatsApp here. The, you know, the biggest advertisers and the biggest businesses and the smallest businesses as well. It's very common yeah. play to do that. And so for us, again, that's an area that we're investing more in where we're creating a, you know, new tests and case studies here that the rest of the world is interested in and, and watching. And so I think of things like our investment and partnerships with Geo, mm. with the, you know, one of the world's first, the creation of the, you know, the Geo Mart, where you can literally go in onto your WhatsApp, you can see the catalog of yeah. the groceries, you can choose the groceries, you can order them, you can pay for them on WhatsApp yeah. and then get them delivered. Well, this is fantastically useful to people sure. where, you know, you don't want to be going into all these different apps and things that are complicated. It's really easy to go in in order to be able to do that. So many companies around the world are looking to see what this example is like, to listen, to learn from it, yeah. and then to look and to take what's happened here in India and to take it somewhere else. So this is another really exciting example, especially because we're seeing now about a billion messages every single month going mm. between people and businesses. Mm. And so that's something that we can see, as I said earlier, we like to build where consumers are. And this is something that consumers are doing. As I was doing my, my research, on one, one of the things that kind of came up is that there's a term which I I don't like using because I feel at some point we, I'm hoping we move beyond that is that you also are deeply invested in kind of like helping women leaders, right? And at some point I'm like, we got to take off the, it, it should just be leaders because women need to be at, you know, for me, it's not even about bringing to the same level, but I, I'm like each individual to their whole thing, but trying to be idealistic here. But I, I'd love to kind of ask you about that in terms of the work you do when working with leaders, especially women leaders. And you kind of get what I meant by just that the separation for me often bothers me. Yeah, I understand why it bothers you. But equally, at the same time, if you look at the the numbers in any country, yeah. we don't have equality when it comes to men and women setting so up true. business or men and women leading big business. So there's still a job to be done to encourage Lots and more. to inspire more women to do this. 
Back in 2016, uh, I was very proud and humbled to launch an initiative for Meta called She Means Business. Mm -hmm. And our desire with this program was really to help women that are thinking about setting up a business or who have already set up a business, really give them the digital tools that they need in order to grow their businesses further. And since then, it's Mushroom. We've trained over a million women around the world. And these women are running powerful you know, businesses, big and small as a result. And it's been fantastic to see those journeys of people. Here's what I know. When a woman sets up a business, when a woman's business starts to grow, she's more likely to employ another woman. True. She's more likely to put money back into her family and into her community. And so more people rise as a result of that. So these are great things, right? Now, the last couple of years, unfortunately, for women around the world really suffered with their businesses. They found it harder than men did because they were also doing the role of, you know, mum being at home, the, yeah. all those household chores as well. And so we actually saw some decline in what was happening. But we also saw more women leaning in mm. to digital tools. So this was a really encouraging sign to see. Mm. And that's something that we want to make sure that we power mm. further. I met on this trip also um, some female small business owners, five mm. of them. And I was particularly taken by one, a lady called Naha, whose husband is a doctor. And she told me that as a story, she's in one of the smaller cities, not one of the major cities, that as the doctor's wife, and you'll understand that she always had to dress in the traditional yeah. dress, yeah. wear a sari. But she said it was like, it took a long time for her to do that. So she said to herself, I wonder if I could just make a one minute sari, one that takes a minute to make. <laughs> and she did. Yeah. Just two years ago, she did this. Yeah. She now employs 52 other women, all women that That's are now nice. creating these one minute saris. Yeah. She's selling them through Instagram. And how fantastic, uh, you know, that she can still do those things and be running this business, I think, yeah. is just wonderful and inspiring. And more women that know about women like Naha, yeah. we know the importance of role models as well. So you've got me on one of my passion projects. Yeah. Yeah. But this is important. Yeah. I'm a father of a daughter and, and my partner is the CEO of a business. So I totally get that I'm one of those people championing um, also the fact that more than championing, I think it's, it's about just understanding what you need to do to kind of make this normal. Uh, rather than saying, oh, this is this person, this is this gender's role, this is that gender's role. So and we need it's a allies. Passion, it's, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a passion. We need allies this. like you as well. So yeah. thank you for the work that you're doing here. Uh, I have to ask you something. When you're looking at hiring people, uh, or bringing people into your team, what do you look for? And this is something which I ask all my guests saying, what do you look for in people who are part of your team in today's world? So there's a few key things. And if I go back to some of the areas that we've talked about, it'll be pretty clear. I look for people that are curious. I look for people that are not comfortable just going, I, I want to be in the status quo. I look for people that are comfortable in the gray mm -hmm. because as a tech company, things are changing so often. You have to be comfortable with that level of uncomfortableness. Yeah. I also look for people that thrive being part of a team as well, because in order to make things work from a meta perspective, you're working with people in lots of different parts of the organization that might not necessarily report to you or be in the same team as you. So all of those things are, are really important aspects that we look for. Towards the later part of every episode, I ask my uh, guests a series of questions. They have, in most ways, nothing to do with what you've spoken about so okay. far. They always stay the same across all the episodes we've done, apart from battling jet lag like you are right now and traveling across the world and, and doing everything that you do. What do you spend a lot of time doing beyond work that keeps you excited? So um, blessed to be a mom of four. So everything starts with family and the joy that my husband John and I have in seeing our children grow. There's nothing more important to us than that. 
I get that. Father of two, so I totally get where you're coming from. Anything that you've read, watched or listened to uh, lately that you recommend? Oh, uh, I'm always reading things. I've just, I'm British, so I just rewatched The Crown recently for uh, probably obvious reasons. Yeah. I am a huge Adam Grant fan. Likewise, yeah. So I'm loving his podcasts and I'm loving all of yeah. his books. And I just reread it with my younger son, Zach. Yeah. Um, Givers and Takers was the one that I did. And then I'm always binging something on Netflix. Mm. So my current Netflix binge is... Is called The Blacklist. Nice. Adam Grant fan as well. He, his podcast was actually the first podcast I ever listened to and that got me into the space. I want to close this off by asking you saying that what is the best piece of advice? You have, you have an option. What's the best piece of advice that you would give people out there? Or what is the best piece of advice that you ever got? You can pick either one. I might give you both. Okay. <laughs> So um, I love and I'm inspired by Eleanor Roosevelt's quote to do the things you think you cannot do, because those are the moments when you're probably a little scared and they're actually the moments where you grow the most and you push yourself and you learn the most. And I love learning. So that would be that. The best piece of advice I've ever been personally given was from a lady called Stevie Spring, who told me that sometimes when you're in a leadership position, it can all get a bit too much and you might feel that you're going to cry. She said, that's not a good thing if you can help it. So why don't you whistle? <laughs> and if you whistle, you won't be able to cry. So it's true. I it can't works. whistle to save my life. Well, so I'm even like, if you practice, yeah. just pursing your lips together, I <laughs> promise you it makes a difference. And for me, it's much better than having mascara and a red nose. So you can't yeah. cry and whistle. I've tried to whistle my entire life and still haven't succeeded, but I'm going to try this one for sure. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it's, it's been a fabulous chat. Tons of insights there. Thanks to learn from um, goat yoga will, will still be the highlight for me at the end of this entire conversation. Thank you so much for coming on Advertising is Dead. And thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM Podcast website or app or wherever you get your podcast from and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.